Hi, everybody. My name is Joey Fight. I'm the founder of thephysicaleducator.com. Welcome back to the Phys Ed Show podcast. Now, you may not remember this podcast because it's been a very long time since I last uploaded an episode, but I'm really excited to be back and I have so many things that I want to share. Um, just a little bit of context here. I don't know if you've heard about this COVID-19 pandemic that has been uh, taking place uh, for what feels like 25 years now, uh, but basically what was happening is back in the spring, my school switched to distance learning and we were trying to figure out and how to just navigate those waters. And I really wanted to be helping out as much as possible and just sharing all the different stuff that I was coming up with in my teaching. And it was just so incredibly overwhelming to try and balance that, balance our new home reality, balance this new insane teaching reality that we're engaged in that I just decided that I had to make a cut somewhere. So I stopped posting content. Uh, that said, it's been a couple months since then, and now that I've got a little bit more headspace, now that things have come back to some sort of normalcy, or maybe this weirdness has just become normal, um, I'm really excited to be sharing new content and some of the ideas that I've been using in my teaching since the spring. And nothing is more exciting to me than what I want to be talking about right now today, which is the virtual asynchronous community running event that we organized back in the spring called the Dragon Run. So just a little bit of context here. Um, for those of you who don't know, I teach at a school called St. George's School of Montreal, which is a private school here in Montreal, Canada, and home of the Dragons. And like so many schools around the world, uh, last March, our school closed down as we moved towards this distance learning program in response to the COVID-19 global pandemic that was really blowing up at the time. Uh, I'm sure, as pretty much every educator in the world can attest, the switch to a distance learning reality was really intense and it was really scary. Um, and it was really hard to just get everything up and running online while trying to maintain the strength and the spirit of our school community. It really felt like we were all just living in these silos and you're kind of throwing out messages and throwing out content and try and see what comes back. Uh, but we just felt incredibly distanced throughout that time. But I'm not going to get into the full details of my distance learning adventure in this podcast. Instead, like I said, I just want to focus on one aspect of it, which was by far the highlight of what, cross my fingers, will be the weirdest spring of my teaching career ever, and that's the Dragon Run. So the purpose of this podcast is to give you some, uh, to give you a bit of an overview on how to plan, organize, and run a virtual running event that can help strengthen your school's community. Should you move back to a distance learning model or move into a distance learning model if you haven't had that experience yet? So here are some of the learning targets that I'm setting for you for this episode. So one, I can understand the value of maintaining and or strengthening connections within my school's community in a distance learning setting. Two, I know what to take into consideration as I plan a virtual running event for my school's community. And three, I can create an action plan that will help me successfully host a virtual running event at my school. Now, before I get into this, I just want to say 
Um, if you haven't done so already, now would be a great time for you to go on over to Anchor. Yes, Anchor, I switched the podcast over to that platform. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast because I will be putting out more episodes. I promise to do it on a more regular basis than once every 25 years. Um, and also on the YouTube channel, I've been putting together some videos recently. I've been having a lot of fun with that and just some free professional development that I've been putting out for teachers. So if you go to youtube.com slash the physical educator, uh, you'll be able to subscribe there and you won't miss out on any future content that I create. And I also want to say that there is a massive, massive blog post that complements this podcast in which I provide links and videos and images and all kinds of things that are just going to help you make more sense of what it is that um, I'm talking about here, because sometimes some of the aspects that I'll be sharing, it, it kind of requires that that visual look uh, to really fully grasp what we're going into. But that being said, let's jump right into it. So the first thing I want to do is I want to explore the why that makes organizing a virtual school community event worthwhile. Between being in a global public health crisis, promoting social isolation, um, causing an economic recession, there is no doubt whatsoever that the COVID-19 pandemic has taken a huge toll on our students' mental health. Our students are dealing with reduced sense of trust, a reduced sense of belonging, and a reduced sense of hope. And one way that we can support our students during these difficult times is by working hard to strengthen their sense of belonging to school and increase their connection to their school's community. Students are more likely to engage in healthy behaviors and succeed academically when they feel connected to their school. And school connectedness can positively impact student motivation, their classroom engagement, and their school attendance, which was something we really struggled with during our distance learning in the spring. School connectedness can also help reduce the likelihood that students engage in any kind of risky behavior or experience emotional distress. Now, here's the thing. Participating in extracurricular activities can help students feel more connected to their school. That said, how the heck do you organize an extracurricular activity when you're not all together in the building at school? So that was a question that I was asking myself as I struggled with the idea that my students would no longer have access to the regular school sport activities and extracurricular activities that we offer to them every year. The spring was especially tough considering that our most popular event, which is the GMA Halo Road Race, which is this massive road race that happens here in Montreal. I think there's over like 4,000 students across the island of Montreal that participate. It's been going on for 40 years. It's just just this beautiful event. The the road race was going to be canceled in the spring. It wasn't something that they're going to be able to host. And I knew that that event meant so much to my students each and every year. So I decided to Lysol wiped the old drawing board and just get to work on planning an event that could at least to some degree replace or or substitute the halo road race during the lockdown of the spring. So when I got to work and when I started trying to think, okay, what could this look like? How could we plan a virtual running event that would that would meet all these goals that we have? Um, there were some questions that really drove the whole process. The first was, obviously, how do we keep runners safe? I also wanted to make sure that whatever we were going to plan wasn't going to promote any time of social gathering, which was a huge no-no, especially in the spring. They were handing out tickets here and fines and everything, and it would have been a terrible PR move for our school. 
I was also really concerned with making sure that we were meeting the needs of all students and families at our school. So, you know, our, our school is a K-11 to school. We go to grade 11 here in Quebec. It's the eldest grade in high school. Um, and our sc- students were scattered all across the city and across the province. A lot of them had actually left the city uh, to go stay at cottages and things like that. Um, and I wanted to make sure that we were able to meet all of those students' needs. And most importantly, how could we use this event to try and help students feel more connected to our school's community. That's where I feel like we we were really hurting in the spring was the sense that we felt so disconnected. We're a very tight-knit community at St. George's. So the idea of feeling so separated and feeling just, again, just isolated from each other um, was just really dampening the school spirit and, and just our overall motivation to engage within our community. So the first thing I have to do as a teacher, obviously, is try and think about, okay, how do I keep people safe? That's my number one job. You ask any of my students, what's Joey's number one job? They'll say, to keep us safe. I would drill that into them at the start of the year, and I remind them on a regular basis. And to do that, I had to think about what a running event could look like. So at the time, the government here in Quebec was actually encouraging people to take time to go outside and exercise on a regular basis. But there were headlines circulating around that going outside for a run seemed like a bad idea. I don't know if you ever saw that graph. I think it was from like a Belgium uh, study. That graph, like that person running, and then there's all these like little like colorful dots floating behind them. And it's kind of showing like how all these millions of droplets is just like bombarding everybody else on the sidewalk. I think about that graph on a regular basis still to this day whenever I'm walking. That's why if you see me walking in the middle of the street on a crowded road, I don't even care because I can think about those little colorful graphs. But it seemed like going out for a run could be a higher risk. That being said, as I looked into it more and I tried to like turn to the science and turn to the health authorities and turn to the, the sporting authorities, it seemed that as long as you were being really smart and respectful about it, going for a run was a great way to stay active. It's obviously a great way to boost your mood, to keep your immune system strong, and just maintain a healthy lifestyle, which was a really big challenge for both students and, and families and teachers when we we're all in quarantine or in lockdown in the spring. So how can we make sure that we're keeping ourselves as safe as possible when we're going for a run? Obviously, social distancing or physically, physical distancing is key there. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not gathering up with other people. And if you are running with other people, that you're keeping good distance. Uh, but there were a few other tips that I came across. Uh, I'm going to link the article that I came across in the show notes. So be sure to check that one out. But some of the tips that we came across was the fact that, okay, yes, obviously, maintain physical distancing, looking at a minimum of two meters or six feet. Avoid touching surfaces such as benches and crosswalk buttons and things like that. So, you know, if you're going out for a run and you're taking a break or if you're going downstairs and you're holding the handrail, you really want to be careful of those types of things. Avoid touching your own face, which could be really challenging when you're running, you're getting sweaty and you want to just wipe your sweat away. Um, Don't run as a group. Uh, And that doesn't necessarily include the family slash people that you live with, but you want to make sure that if you were going running with another family or running with some friends, that you were doing so in a way that still respected social distancing, but wasn't technically like a group, like a a larger group of people. The next one was don't spit while you run. And I remember when I told my students, they were like, ew, that's disgusting. And it really is. But the reality is that a lot of people really do spit a lot when they're running. Okay, they just have a hard time not doing so. Uh, But trying to be mindful of that is just part of being a good citizen and making sure you're looking out for others and not potentially spreading uh, coronavirus should you be infected. And obviously, one of the most important health guidelines that they've given us since the start of this is just wash your hands thoroughly when you get home. 
And speaking of which, I gotta say, I got I upgraded my Apple Watch this fall. Um, my son smashed my old one uh, in the spring and had a crack in it, and I kind of forgot about that. And I went paddleboarding uh, in the summer. And next thing I knew, my watch wasn't working anymore. Anyways, I upgraded my watch, and with uh, the new Watch OS, the there's like um, a timer that starts. It recognizes when you're washing your hands and, and starts, and it counts down from twenty. Yo, twenty seconds is way longer than you would ever expect if you actually take the time to start counting it out. I th- I was thinking like Happy Birthday a couple times in my head. I was like, there, that's twenty seconds. That's good. There's no way I was even close to twenty seconds. So definitely making sure that you have some kind of system to make sure you're you're being really thorough about your hand washing is super important. So these tips, I put them, them together in in a bit of a graphic uh, and in one of the pages that you'll you'll learn about later on in the the Dragon Run booklet. And I share that with families, and we also went over them with our students in our Zoom lessons um, during the week leading up to the run event. So again, it was just about trying to see, okay, what can we all be doing on an individual level to make sure that we're keeping ourselves safe, but also participating in a running event in a way that k- takes care of other people, which is should be one of the main focuses as citizens while we try to survive a, a global pandemic like we are right now. Anywho, um, I know that's not for everybody, but... It should be. Um, so the next thing that I want to make sure is that when we were planning this event, we had to make sure that we weren't promoting any kind of social gathering. So social gathering was not allowed during that phase of our government's response to the pandemic. Like I said before, they were being really strict about it. Here in Montreal, we had like vans driving through the streets, like warning people to make sure they were staying distance and that they weren't gathering. And the police were not being shy in terms of either handing out warnings or handing out fines to people. And those fines were hefty too. So we wanted to make sure that we weren't organizing, promoting any kind of social gathering, not just for that aspect, but obviously the more important one of making sure that we're not contributing to any kind of community spread. Um, so we we went about that in a couple of different ways. First of all, the first thing that we want to do is that we want to make sure that we avoided a lots of families winding being up at the same place at the same time. So what we did to counter that is we decided to host a run over the course of three days from June 5th to June 7th. And by the way, when I say we, I mean myself and my amazing teaching partner slash sister-in-law, Alex Wells, who uh, I could not have run this event without her. Alex was uh, incredibly uh, engaged in this and was a huge part of how successful the event wound up being. So it took place over three days and there was no specific time for you to go running. So just doing that made it so that parents and families could kind of plan out when they were going to run and there was less of a chance of them all winding up, let's say like at 9 a.m., like on Saturday morning or whatever it may be. But we didn't stop there. To lessen the odds of multiple families finding themselves in one place, um, we also created three different loops that the runners could choose from to complete their dragon run. So what we did is we looked at the three neighborhoods where we felt like most of our families live in because our our school is in a neighborhood here or a borough called Westmount, um, but it's close. So there we also have a large group of families that are in where I live in NDG, and then there's Hampstead as well, which is in our borough right beside us. So what we did is we we looked at those neighborhoods, and then we used Google Maps. And on Google Maps, you can use a measure distance feature, which can allow you to measure distance right in Google Maps. So Alex and I went through the neighborhoods and we tried to find places that kind of made sense to make a a loop. And we made a two kilometer loop in each of those three neighborhoods. We wound up naming the loops after the neighborhoods. I'll I'll share that a little bit later on. Just so you know, I'll... 
provided a link in the show notes for the measured distance and uh, how that works in Google Maps. Also, it's not super accurate. It really wasn't. I had I had some more intense families tell me that it was not even close to two kilometers, which I'm sure there's a reason for that. I'm not quite sure exactly what it was, but I know that like it wasn't super accurate. But the whole point of this run wasn't necessarily to like, like I said, they weren't running with chips. They weren't. This wasn't like a standardized like sent being sent to race authorities or anything like that. So it's more of a fun run. Um, but people, some people want to be intense about it. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think, like I said, like whatever, wherever you can find your fun, go find it that way. And for some people it was, it was crushing the distance. So like we picked those, those three loops and we were pretty confident that I was going to service most of the families at our school. And I'm sure that there's some families that didn't live in those neighborhoods who drove in from their neighborhoods to run the loops. But we did also tell families that if they weren't close to the city, let's say, so like those families who moved out of the city during uh, the lockdown, uh, we invited them to design their own loops. We shared how to do it in Google Maps. And we didn't have a lot. It was maybe just like a couple handful of students. Um, but a lot, a few of them did put together their own loop and they went out and they ran their own loop, which is super cool just seeing that they were really committed to the run and wanting to be a part of the event. So by providing the runners with a choice of date, a choice of time, and a choice of location for their run, we just felt that we were playing a really safe and respecting the social gathering guidelines that were set by our government and that in no way were we going to be promoting any kind of social gathering um, throughout the Dragon Run. So when it comes to meeting the needs of all of our runners. One thing that I've always loved about the Halo Road Race is how inclusive the event feels. We work so hard to make sure that all the students feel that they're able to be a part of the event and experience success there. We do this by never focusing on the competitive aspect of the run. Uh, We have our our runners train and set personal goals based off their own training. Uh, And we celebrate all of our runners through this like pre-race campus-wide pep rally, Um, which by the way, the pep rally we hosted, the last pep rally we hosted uh, for the Halo race had to have been one of the like most magical moments of my teaching career. So basically, we had all the runners in the hallway. We had all the students who weren't running in the race uh, in the gym. And it was really 50-50 because we have like, we, like I'm at the K-6 to campus. So grades 3 to 6 are invited to run the race. And uh, most students do. There's very few students in those grades that don't wind up running Halo. And we had, so all the kids who weren't participating, so basically at K-1-2, they'd made signs, they'd painted their faces, they'd done all this stuff. Um, I went out and I gave this speech, and I can't even remember necessarily what I said, but I knew that I wanted to time it so that when uh, <laughs> so that when the drop in in uh, Where the Streets Have No Name by U2 like, uh, comes in, uh, that the runners were going to come up on stage and everything. So I said something along the lines of, I was talking to the kids in the gym, and I was like, you know, like running is is a real challenge because when you're out there it's very lonely it can feel really lonely you're out there running on your own there may be nobody beside you there may be a lot of people in front of you you're tired you're hurting you want to give up there's no coach right there beside you running with you telling you to keep going and it's just you against you trying to make the most of it so i told the students in the gym is that on the morning of the halo race what i want you to do is when you think of all those students from our school, all those dragons who are out there running, I want you to put your little fingertips up in the air and I want you to wiggle them. And I want you to fill your heart up with as much love and school pride and positive energy as you can. And I want you to send all of that out as positive vibes into the universe. And maybe, just maybe, if the planets align and everything works out, 
Some of those positive vibes will go and hit some of our runners right in the heart when they need it the most and give them what they need so that they can finish strong. And as I said that, like like I said, the song's playing in the background. I'm, I wish I could play the song here, but I think I'd get sued. Um, <laughs> the song's playing in the background. I was like, are you ready to meet our runners? And everybody in the gym's going crazy. And then I have the first group come up, which is the grade three boys. We went from like youngest to uh, eldest. Um, and they came up and the plan was that they were going to come up on stage. Their names were going to be on the 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 screen behind them and then they were going to go sit down with the the rest of their classmates but the grade three boys were so amped after that intro that they just ran into the gym and they started running laps around all the other students who were who were sitting down and then it just was this like organic moment where all the other runners as they were coming out were introducing them by name they just added and they continued running these laps around the kids were going crazy it was just it was just a beautiful moment. It was so much fun. I wish I had it on video somewhere. I think there's photos of it somewhere, but it would never do it justice. Anyways, we do this through pep rally and uh, we just do everything we can to make sure that these kids are excited, that they feel prepared and that they feel confident for the Halo Road Race. So we want to bring some of that same energy to our virtual dragon run and we achieved it to a degree by providing students with options that would allow them to run their race in their own way. So like I said before, each loop was set to be two kilometers long but the students had the option to choose from running a half loop, a full loop, or two full loops for their run. So either one kilometer, two kilometers, or four kilometers for their run. And um, later on when I talk about how we mark the runs, uh, there was a marker letting them know where the 1K marker was. Uh, We also, um, we had a lot of students ask if they could run their loop or if they can complete it, if, if they can complete it by either biking or walking or scootering. And listen, Ultimately, the goal here was to get families out and moving. So Alex and I encouraged students to just find a way to move that made them feel best and just go with that. And if I'm being totally honest, like of all of the kids who ran the, the Dragon Run, we maybe had like four or five who did it by bike or did it on their scooters or whatever it may be. So like, who cares, right? They're out there, they're running, they're being active, they're enjoying the moment, they're, they're finding a way to move that's meaningful to them. Um, Go for it, kid. I, I'm just happy to see that you're out moving. Um, so we got the we got the students prepared as well um, for the big day. So we we obviously couldn't train uh, together in class like we normally would, or like we have um, an extracurricular activity. Sorry, where the, the students come out and they train with us. Uh, so Alex and I came up with some fun training activities that students can complete at home. So for the younger students, I remember, uh, I had the grade threes, one of their challenges that they had to start a timer for eight minutes, uh, at their local park and they had to run for eight minutes straight and just see how many trees they could touch. It was just like a simple goofy kind of thing. Uh, but a lot of families went out and they did it as a family, which was great. And they sent me videos of that. And Alex even put together an awesome series of training videos to help students get ready for their run. So things like she, I'll talk more about it later too, but um, she made videos on static stretching, on dynamic stretching. She gave an overview of the walk-run method, and she even talked about interval training too. So students could just find different lessons that were specific to things that they want to learn about and be able to use that to help them prepare for their run. Um, Really, what was just most important for us we're just making sure that the kids were as stoked as possible uh, to be a part of the run. And honestly, like talking to the kids in the in the weeks leading up to the Dragon Run and hearing how uh, the questions that parents were sending to us uh, by email and everything, uh, we're pretty sure we achieved that. They were really excited for the run uh, and we were really excited for them. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how we use the Dragon Run to try and boost school connectedness. And if I'm being honest here, 
this was 100%, 100% my favorite part of the Dragon Run. See, it broke my heart knowing that COVID-19 was just robbing us of this opportunity to be right there with our students, cheering them on and showing them that we care um, in any way that we could uh, compared to how we normally would in a pre-pandemic athletics event. You know, especially with the Halo Run, uh, it's just such a beautiful day. It's my favorite day of the year. And we're there and the families are out by the sidelines and they're cheering the kids on and everybody's gathered up at the finish line and they're, they're yelling the kids uh, and I'm running with them for like the last hundred meters just to get them uh, fired up and give them what they need to get through uh, and finish strong. Um, and we couldn't do that here. So I wanted to try and find a way to overcome that. I was also really worried that the emotional gap that distance learning was creating would have a negative impact on our students' school connectedness. And if you don't know what school connectedness is, it was something that I, I did a bunch of research on in the spring because I knew that it was going to be playing an important part in terms of what our school would look like moving forward if we stuck to a distance learning model. But school connectedness is defined by the CDC as the belief that held by students that adults and peers in school care about their learning as well as about them as individuals. So it basically comes down to knowing that they know that there's somebody at school that cares about them, not just, not just cares about their learning, not just cares about their grades, but cares about them as a person. Um, so that was a big challenge to try and overcome. And I don't like just sitting around and complaining about the rain. So I decided to come up with some ideas that would make it feel as if we were right there with the students, cheering them on as they completed their run. And here's what we did. All right. Our first strategy was to create a phys ed department Instagram account. Now, I've been using social media as a tool for creating connections, strength, strengthening relationships, and building community for over a decade now. If you've followed any of the work, and especially any of the early work that I did through the physicaleducator.com, it was all about trying to build a strong sense of community amongst phys ed teachers on a global um, scale. Uh, so I knew that social media could play a super powerful role with what we were trying to accomplish with the Dragon Run. So Alex and I set up the Instagram account for our P department, and we went with Instagram for a few different reasons. First of all, our school already had an official Instagram account, so the St. George's School uh, uh, handle. And based off of what we were seeing there, we knew that parents were already comfortable using that platform, that they were there using it, so they already had Instagram accounts, and that they they knew how to interact with content um, that was being shared by the school. So that was a really positive sign right away because let's say if we go with something with Twitter, you know, like the engagement levels on Twitter do not compare to what my our school sees on on facebook or on instagram instagram also provides like the right mix of like photo and video features and this is something that we were going to want to lean on throughout the event see the idea here was that we were going to be able to make and create and share content as quickly and consistently as possible while on the go if you talk to my wife about her dragon run experience she will tell you that she was highly irritated with me because i was just on my phone all the time um creating instagram posts but it was working magic. It was really, really worth it, um, even though it had me a little bit disconnected from my family. Uh, and we had so much fun, okay? It was also like my first foray into stories. I wasn't a Snapchat user, and when Instagram copied stories, I was like, okay, whatever. Like, I wasn't super into it. Yo, stories are so much fun. We were so addicting, like just like going through and like figuring out how to make these awesome story posts. Um, so we have a ton of fun with stories throughout the event. And it was just, again, it was this way of easily and quickly putting out content that parents and families can engage with. And we actually built like a 
like compared to the school's overall Instagram presence, presence, we we built a pretty solid following for um, during those days of the Dragon Run. And the other thing too of Instagram is that being a modern social media giant, um, you know, Instagram has all the features you're looking for in terms like comments and like video and photo tagging um, and everything that you would need to be able to quickly engage with content that parents and families and students were sharing on Instagram. So the idea here is that we we used a hashtag, so the St. G Dragon Run hashtag, um, and Alex and I were following that religiously throughout the Dragon Run, and just refreshing, 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 and every time a new post came up, we just wanted to jump in right away and drop some comments and say congrats or whatever it may be, uh, because that, tried, that kind of like made that gap a little bit smaller, right? It, it helped us show students that we were there, that we were paying attention, and that we cared, and that was a really, really important part of what we did online throughout the uh, the event. And the other thing, too, that we did is that whenever somebody or whenever a family would share a photo, we would DM them uh, on Instagram and we would ask for their permission to repost their photos and videos onto our account, either as a grid post or as a story post. Uh, and we also received photos from families who weren't on Instagram. So they would send us photos uh, by email and we would do the same thing. So all of this just led to a vibrant series of grid posts as well as Honestly, just a super sweet Instagram stories timeline uh, throughout the event, which we actually uh, captured and internalized as an Instagram highlight. So if you look at our account's profile, you'll see it there in the highlights. I think we have one for the Dragon Run and we have one for uh, Field Day. And if you check out the show notes um, for this podcast, uh, I actually uploaded the the video of our, of our Instagram story uh, highlight. Uh, so you can check it out there. So just one last thing about Instagram before I move on to the next part. Um, it wasn't just parents and students who were getting in on the fun. So many teachers, administrators, and staff just wanted to participate in the Dragon Run and share their experience as well. Like, how freaking cool is that? That students are like checking out these posts and they're seeing that they're like librarian or that they're their math teacher or they're seeing their principal uh, running the same loops that they were running. Uh, it was so cool, and I have to give a huge shout out to our our art teacher Zenya, who's the heart and soul of the elementary campus at St. G's. She made this massive. Her house is like on one of the loops. She made this massive banner um, that said "Go Dragons" or whatever it may be uh, out there. So like the kids are running, all of a sudden there's this huge, huge red banner um, uh, cheering them on, and they also create. She also created this. Just super beautiful, uh, strong is the new beautiful chalk art display uh, at one of the start locations. So it was really cool seeing that kind of stuff happening. Uh, we had another family too uh, from the high school campus who did this like mystery art. They do they created the St. G's Dragon at one of the start loops. And it was super cool like asking around on Instagram like who made this? And it was like this big mystery and it was a ton of fun. But it was just nice seeing how so many people were getting involved uh, in the event. So And all that was being empowered uh, by our use of Instagram. Now, that was that was our social media version of cheering. I also want to talk to you about how we did asynchronous cheering. Now, Instagram was like a powerful tool throughout the event, like I said, and it, but it wasn't really like a real-time support system since all the posts that we were creating were usually happening after our run or after students had completed their run. I wanted to do something that was going to show the students support as they were running. Since I couldn't be everywhere at all times at once, I came up with a different plan, which was to map out each loop with motivational messages and directions by using chalk on the sidewalk. Now, I know you may be thinking, Joey, 
between the three loops, that's six kilometers of sidewalk to chalk up. And that's exactly how much chalk I used. Um, listen, I went through a lot of chalk uh, that weekend as I covered the, the sidewalks and messages and I tried to space them about 20 to 30 meters apart. So there were a lot of messages on each loop. Um, and that wasn't even like the tough part. The tough part is that after I spent multiple hours on the Thursday night mapping out all three loops and it was hot too. I'm just going to say it was super hot that night. Um, after I spent all that time, uh, it freaking rained. <laughs> It rained and washed away like 95% of the messages that I made. Uh, I was like heartbroken when like I went to check out like the Hampstead Loop, which is the closest one to my house. And I just saw like all the hard work had just been washed away in the rain. We had this like crazy storm. Um, But you know what? Like I got up super early. I just went straight back to work and I redid it all the next day. Uh, And I know you... Saying that out loud just sounds insane, uh, and you're probably thinking I'm insane. If I'm being totally honest, I'm surprised that it took you this long to realize that I'm a crazy person. But there was a purpose to this insanity. After that first day of the run, I received so many messages and emails just saying how much they love the chalk quotes on the loop. And as I was finishing up those first few messages on the last loop during the evening before the Dragon Run, I actually had a few people from the neighborhood, just people who live there, uh, stopped me to say thanks for the messages and even a couple of joggers stopped me and told them that they love the messages and the messages actually pushed them to run further than they normally would um, in their run listen the whole world was hurting pretty bad in the spring and it still very much so is and there wasn't a lot of good news circulating around everything was just like dreadful and scary and yeah it took a couple hours of work to get it done And it definitely um, required so much chalk. And I definitely finished it all with uh, quite a few calluses on my hands. Um, But if that meant that somebody, and like anybody, had a better day because of it, then it was work worth doing. If I'm being totally honest too, it was as good for my soul as it was for theirs. The spring was really depressing and I just felt so robbed of all of my confidence as an educator So this silly little chalk idea, this idea to try and make it feel like I was there for the students, cheering them on in those tough moments in their run, making things feel in the weirdest way possible, just a little bit normal. All of that just tried to help me gain some of that confidence back and made it feel like I was a teacher and a coach again. And if I had to do it again, I would do it again in the exact same way, except I would buy way more chalk at the start. (laughs) Okay, so I talked to you about how we were, um, how we were cheering students on on Instagram uh, by social media, how we were doing asynchronous cheering with the chalk messages. We actually did do some synchronous cheering. So uh, with the Instagram uh, account and the hashtag setup, we want to make use of the possibility to set up some physically distanced cheer stations throughout the event. So basically what happened is that Alex and I would use the Instagram account to announce specific times where we would be at each loop to cheer students on. We did this like at the last minute. And again, we did that so that we'd promote any kind of social gathering. But it was just a way of saying like, hey, we're going to be here at this time if you're if you're planning on running around that time. Uh, on the second day, I remember it was like crazy hot outside. We were, was, the dragon run happened like during this crazy heat wave. Uh, so we announced a cool down station, station, which was just us 
there with like buckets of water and like water guns and all kinds of things to try and just spray the kids down as they were finishing their lines. Um, and that was a ton of fun. And like I said before, just again, the faculty really stepped up. The admin really stepped up. People got involved. So it was really cool being at the, um, at the, this, we had announced the cheer stations and Alex and I would be there physically distanced, cheering kids on that were running. And then all of a sudden you'd see these other classroom teachers just show up and they were just there to cheer kids on and be a part of it and show their support. And that was something super, super magical for us. And it was just really great because keep in mind, like we hadn't seen a lot of these students since March. So it was just so cool to get to make those connections and just have that sense of being our school, our regular school community once again. Um, so that's how we that's how we tried to boost the school connectedness to show students that we cared to cheer the kids on and just to bring the sense of normalcy back um, to this virtual running event. So now that you have a better idea of what the Dragon Run look like, uh, I want to talk to you quickly about how we actually promoted it to families. Um, and just so you know, this sense of the, this part of the podcast will probably make a lot more sense if you complement it by checking out those show notes. So be sure to go check those out uh, because I, I'll include like images and links and you can actually check out a link to the booklet that I'm about to talk about. So there was a ton of information to share to families. And I knew that if I tried to do it just like in an email or a series of emails, uh, it would be really complicated and it, it wouldn't be really easy for families to kind of figure out how to go about this. So what I did is I put together a document that would hopefully provide students and their families with everything they would need to know to get the most out of their drag and run experience. The result was a multi-page interactive PDF and here's how it worked. So basically there was a cover page and then the first page just had general information, gave you a breakdown of how the Dragon One run would work. And then there was links to all the different sections. And I made this uh, as an interactive PDF. So all those links had like buttons and you can click on the buttons to jump to the different parts. The first part is the one that I talked about earlier on in this podcast, which were just the running safety guidelines. So again, those were based off those recommendations that I'd come across in my research. And I just put together a page with some graphics that shared how to run safely during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I wanted to make sure that was front and center at the very start of the document. So the students knew that that was like their main priority was that to make sure that they were being safe in their dragon run. So like I said before, usually we would teach students about how to properly prepare for a run. Uh, through our physical education lessons and through our, our ECAs at school. And although we did do that in our Zoom lessons and we made some Zoom lessons around like teaching kids about cardiovascular endurance and showing students some training techniques and talking about how to best prepare for a run and like like getting the most out of your run in terms of making sure you're getting a good night's sleep, what to eat on race day, stuff like that. Um, we In the booklet, we did put together that that training part, like I said before, where there was links to videos that Alex had prepared on dynamic stretching, static stretching, the run-walk method, and interval training. And all of those videos were dropped in Drive. And like I said, so you just click on the links and it'll jump you over to the video in Drive. And as for the distance recommendations, um, it was really important to us to stress that the Dragon Run was an individual challenge and that there was no wrong way to do it. As I mentioned earlier, some kids opted to complete it on their bikes and scooters, and I was A-OK -okay with that. Uh, what was important to us is that students were getting out and just being active in ways that were fun and meaningful to them. Not that they were going out and just crushing goals or setting records or anything like that. But that said, as I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, 
for some people, crushing goals and setting records is really meaningful. <laughs> uh, so they want to have like a clear understanding of what they should be aiming for in terms of the distance that they're going to be running. Um, so we did provide recommended, and I'm saying that like in air quotes, uh, recommended distances for the grade levels. So what we suggest is that grades K to three uh, run one kilometer, which was again, a half loop. And in the chalk messages, there was a marker for each loop saying where the one K marker was. Uh, grades four to six, uh, run one full loop to complete two kilometers, um, which is more aligned to what they would do at the GMA uh, Halo Road Race. And then grades 7 to 11 would run uh, two full loops to run four kilometers. Um, and I was really surprised at putting out those recommendations. And when I when I made the document, I said like the half loop is like bronze, a full loop is silver, and two loops is gold. And I didn't really love that because I didn't want kids to think lesser of any of those three options. Uh, I wanted them to be able to pick the one, but I don't know. In terms of like running races, it kind of made sense to use a metal system. Um, but I was really surprised at how many students either ran way more than the recommended distance for their grade level. Like I had some kids in grade two running 4K. Um, they ran their loop several times over different days. So we had one family uh, who were like acting almost as like like running guides for other families. They were like, yeah, we'll show you the loop. And they kept sending us pictures that they were running the, the Westmount loop. I think they ran it three times once each day. And then we had even some families who ran all of the loops, uh, which I called the Dragon Rod Triple Crown. Um, and it just goes to show you that kids do love running when you just keep things light and you keep them fun and you make it exciting and you make it meaningful to them. Uh, it was just a beautiful thing to get to see these kids going out and just truly, truly, truly enjoying themselves running. And we had a bunch of students who went out and completed the race, students who really never showed any real interest in the Halo race or other athletic events, um, but they want to be a part of something. And I think that just proves how much you were craving this uh, in the spring. Okay, so the next part is, uh, I ha- obviously, I had to include some information on each loop in the document. Uh, so like I said, we were designing three loops and we gave them fun names based off the neighborhood they were located in. So the names were the Hampstead Heavyweight, uh, the West Monster, and uh, the Run NDG. And for each loops page in the booklet, uh, what I did is I took a screenshot of a, a the of, of Google Maps. So that like covered the area where the loop was and I annotated it so you could see the loop. And then I also included a button on that page that automatically jumps to, uh, parents and families and students over to Google Maps, and it was a, it was linked to like the starting point for the loop. And then I included detailed directions for each loop on the route page as well, so that if they had printed it out and they want to run with it so they can make sure they're going the right way, they could do that. Because like I said, some of them did a lot of the different loops, so they, they may be running in neighborhoods that they weren't as familiar with. Um, and obviously to complement that, I... I used the chalk messages to try and provide some direction. So those big arrows and at every intersection, it said stop, look both ways, watch out for cars. Uh, again, just try and make sure that everybody's being uh, safe. Did I mention that I went through a lot of chalk for this event? There was like, I should have got this thing sponsored by like Crayola Chalk or something. Um, maybe next time. Actually, hopefully there's never a next time. Uh, hopefully we just go back to things being normal. Uh, and the last part of the document was actually not part of the document itself. Uh, but there was a button in it that jumped you over to a Google form. So what's a, what's a, a run without some kind of proof that you participated in it? So I decided to use uh, CertifyM, which is a Google Forms add-on that allows you to create personalized certificates uh, by having students fill out a Google form. And once they click submit, uh, they automatically get emailed a PDF with their personalized information in it. 
Um, so I created three different certificates, three different forms, one for each loop. And then the students, when they were completed their run, um, they could go into the document, they could click on that button, they could fill out their form, and they got this personalized uh, running certificate. And in the show notes, I'll, I'll link to a video uh, that kind of shows you how Certifying works. But if you're interested, in, uh, you can just let me know like on Twitter or by email or something, and I can put together a video to show you exactly how I did it for these templates that I created and for this run. Um, but in a nutshell, it's really simple. Basically, when students got home from their run, they could go to the root page uh, for their loop that they completed and hit the claim your running certificate button. That jumped them over to the Google form, which asked them for their email address, their name, the time it took them to complete their run and the distance they ran. And then once they hit submit, they automatically got that certify them add on uh, to work its magic. And they received their personalized PDF that had all that information in it. Uh, so it took a little bit of tinkering around with Certify.em to figure out how to make it, how to get the most out of it for this particular need. Um, but I was really happy with the, how it turned out at the end. And listen, we had we had uh, over 100 of our students put in requests for the Dragon Run running certificates. Uh, so not all families did it, but uh, over 100 of them did. And this included high school students that I've never taught before, as well as family friends who do not attend their school and who I do not know. And it was just... It was great getting to see all of those requests go through on like the back end in the Google Sheet that Certify and makes. And it was even better not having to do any extra work beyond what I did uh, to set the whole system up, which was still a decent amount of work. But you know what I mean? It was just nice seeing this magically kind of happening as I uh, sat back and treated the calluses on my hands from all that chalk art. Uh, so that was kind of an overview of the document. And once it was finalized, what I did is I sent it out to all the families uh, by email. Alex and I went over the details of it in our Zoom classes as well. And the document was like the most annoying part of the, the Dragon Run, just because there was a bunch of obstacles and there was all kinds of stuff that I don't necessarily want to get into here that were like preventing us from being able to share it. But that work resulted in a big win when we needed it the most. And like I, I said before, like for just a brief period of time, everything just felt normal again. The whole school community felt like we were sharing this special moment together. And I felt connected to my students more so than I had in months. The Dragon Run brought out the best in our community and it won't be something that I will ever forget. And I'm telling you, it just it saved my sanity during the spring. And it's also really important for me to acknowledge the fact that none of it would have been possible without the full support of our entire school community, from administrators uh, helping improve this idea, to teachers getting involved, to the parents who tagged us and ran with their, their, their kids on, on Instagram, um, to the kids who are just out there running their hearts out. This is a community effort in the truest sense of the form, and it ties into a lot of the work that we try to do in terms of building a healthy school community at St. George's and making sure that we were strengthening those partnerships between all the stakeholders of our school. All of this goes to show that there is power in connection. There is power in moving together. There is power in going the extra distance, no pun intended, just to show somebody that you care. Um, and like I said, if I had to do it again, if I had to do it all over again, I would do it in a flash because I know that this was something that meant a lot to the, to the students, it meant a lot to the families, it meant a lot to the school, and it meant so much to me. So that was the Dragon Run. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Physical Podcast. Listen, if you um, are are interested in learning more about some of the ideas that I've come up with my teaching, if you want to uh, see some of the different ways that I tried to get the most out of distance learning, how I'm trying to survive now uh, at school in this school year, and just a lot of the stuff that I'm trying to catch up on and trying to share, uh, just make sure that you take the time to go subscribe to the podcast over on Anchor. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe on YouTube as well because I'm going to continue to put out vlog episodes of the Phys Ed Show. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. Please, please, please continue to take good care of yourselves. Uh, I know these times are tough and I know that the work you're doing feels impossible and it feels unappreciated. But what you're doing is important. But you can't keep doing it unless you take good care of yourself. Once again, my name is Joey Fight from thephysicaleducator.com. This has been the Phys Ed Show. Thanks so much for tuning in and happy teaching.